Joanne told that story about Anderson and their team coming together and being four skips, and I totally wanted to tell my story, but I just didn't when Shannon was on the double down. And I was like, how's it going with four skips together? And she's like, well, we're number one in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would have played well there, but I was yeah. just like, eh, we're, we, had, we had plenty of good material. <laughs> That's such a good story. She's like, oh, bless your heart. <laughs> You dumb animal. We're the number one team in the world. Hey everybody, welcome to Curling Nation Season 3, Episode 7. Is it 7? It's 7. Um, oh, that's how you throw? <laughs> uh, today we're talking with Joanne Courtney, sweeper extraordinaire, um, triathlete, Olympian. All, all the things. Uh, world champ? Yep. Yep, world champ. Uh, talked to her about commentary sweeping triathlons triathlons more sweeping um charity spiels charity, charity yeah. spiels scott scotty's all kinds interview of is pretty good don't don't turn us off yet. yeah uh also thanks to modus financial for their support of our lovely po podcast uh if you need a point of sale credit card system uh payments for your curling club and or business uh, moduscc.com uh, Mason will uh, get you set, set up uh, he does good work uh, also we have cards for sale if you want they're end, end cards uh, There's if you haven't played ends it's super fun you can drink with your friends and take money from them uh, e e email the show um, we can get you some cards you can uh, support the show curlingnation at curlingnetwork.com correct Joel. Mike. Craig. Fantastic. All right. <laughs> Let's get into it. Let's talk to Joanne. All right. We got a great guest this week. Uh, she's a world champ. She's a Scotty's champ. Canadian mixed doubles champ. Man, she's got a whole mess of other medals. She's retired, but she's technically still probably the best sweeper in the world. She's the newest TSN talent. Uh, she's a triathlete, social media superstar. She's the salt of the earth because she's the nurse. Welcome to the show, Joanne Courtney. Thank you for coming on. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Great to be here. You bet. How are things? You, I think you just said we in our pre-thing, you're flying out shortly to go to the Scotties. Yes, I just got a very exciting gig with TSN. I'm going to be one of their analysts for the Scotties this year, so I fly out tomorrow. And I can't wait to just watch curling and talk about it and get to present it to Canada and just... <laughs> you know, see all these amazing women out there just competing their butts off. For sure. Where yeah. is the Scotties this year? In Kamloops, BC. Look okay. at some nice mountain views in the mix. Got it. And are you, are you replacing Cheryl Bernard? Is she done now? Is that how that went down? Yeah. So in the summer, she announced that she was stepping away after eight years with the team. And so they've asked me to come and join for the Scotties. So I am really thrilled with the opportunity and uh hopefully it leads to more but at this point it's just the one event okay great awesome you did some olympics coverage right yeah i snuck in for that which was a, just a phenomenal experience it was something i wasn't expecting and to be able to watch the game from a less invested perspective um, it was just <laughs> great to see. <laughs> you know like there's so many amazing things happening out there but when i was competing like you just get so caught up in your own your own performance and your own team that 
it's hard to kind of zoom that lens out. So getting to watch the men, the women, and the mixed doubles was really, really fun. That's awesome. And you did that from Canada, right? So it was all kind of weird hours of the day. Yeah, we did all three draws a day and it was overnight. So we were in these little cubicles in the CBC building in Toronto and you just watch the TV and it was actually quite easy to forget you were on air, which was great for me because I had zero experience. Like I was so nervous <laughs> that my hands didn't stop sweating for like the first two thirds of the whole thing. Oh man. I actually even had a little wet towel and Mike Harris is like, you, you are a crazy person. Like, what is happening here? <laughs> <laughs> But it's actually nice to not be surrounded by the action just so I could get my feet under me. And, and yeah, it's going to be nerve wracking heading over to Kamloops, but I think it's going to be a lot more fun to actually be in the venue, um, to be awake during daytime hours, and then just to get to see the action live and in, in person. For so, sure. So you'll be there doing in-game stuff or post-game or during, during game yeah, stuff, I'll be, right? I'll, I'll be in the booth doing the analysis. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So you'll be in the booth with Vic and Russ? Is that who? Yeah, we're still working out the details. I think I'll spend some time with them. They might put me in the morning with Brian Mudrick. It's still a little bit um, up in the air, and, sure. and I'm happy to go with the flow. I told them, like, I'd be happy being the janitor for TSN. Like, I just gladly <laughs> want to get in and be a nice. part of this side of curling because it's nice to be able to stay um, involved. You know, I don't want to compete at this point in my life, but it's nice to still be around it. So I, I'm... I'm thrilled wherever they want to put me. So, so you yeah. don't want to announce you're unretiring on the show? Like we don't yeah. have? Oh come on, that'd be so great. <laughs> have you? We might tease that anyways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you turned down offers to sub in games here and there? Um, I had a few kind of fifth opportunities. I I did actually spare for Team Caitlin Laws when Caitlin went off in the fall. So I played in kind of a local Alberta event, which was really fun. Like it was great to be on the ice and compete and see everyone. But the lead up, like trying to get myself ready to play was like pulling teeth. I, it was really hard for me to get to the rink and practice. So that kind of showed me that you know, we're still in the break phase of my career, if not the retired phase. Love it, love it. Uh, was it, you, you switched to being a triathlete in the off season, uh, did it like, did you go back to curling or like, I forgot I had those muscles or were you still pretty, I mean, you're, you're pretty fit to begin with, but. Yeah, it was, it was a hard transition. Um, cause triathlon is all endurance. So I got really good at doing things for a long time at low intensity. Um, like I did a half Ironman it took me a little bit less than five and a half hours. So like, that's, that's a long time to be exercising, but you're not trying, you're not at your full expenditure right. of energy. So yeah, when I went back into trying to get ready to sweep, um, I was like my, I kicked my butt yeah. and that's what a lot of people don't quite understand about curling is that it, it is a physical endeavor. Like, even if you're not a front end player, like I started wearing a Garmin with a heart rate monitor and you're burning a lot of calories out there. So your Tuesday night beer league, like you're earning those beers. Yeah, we know. Yeah. And that's I like why, it. that's why I like to play front end on Monday beer night with Craig. So yeah, yeah. I always, I always tell those juniors like front enders get cheeseburgers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i love that i swept mixed d doubles for the first time uh this se season a few weeks ago and i thought i was gonna die like i didn't realize how bad a shape i'm act actually in because i've been skipping for way too long and you know i got that last six feet of the house to sweep and I'm pretty I good can, at that i can yeah. kill that yeah. but ooh, a full rock up and down the sheet it almost killed me i got it 
I, f- yeah. I feel that. I've been sweeping a lot this year. It's not for me. <laughs> so it was about up until about age 17. 17? Yeah, then you, then, then you decided the house is where it's I at. decided that that wasn't my specialty. Nice. So I still can't believe I used to sweep uh, a full national championship with a 10-inch angled brownie brush. Yeah. Yeah. It's like moving a tank up and down the ice like... Joanne's not old enough to remember those things, though. No, I, I had a brownie when I was in juniors, but it was like the teeny tiny, teeny like one? four yeah. inch. Before. Yeah, and yeah. when I made it onto my first like competitive women's team, I was still using my brownie, and they'd just come out with like the fiberglass, super light stuff. And actually, one of the parents on the team was like, you need to use this instead of that. So <laughs> me at 15 was like, oh, well, I can do a lot better with this thing. That's much better. Like washing my brownie in the sink. <laughs> yeah. I know that move. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> what, uh, where are you from originally? And like, who did you play with when you were like in juniors? So I'm born and raised in Edmonton, Alberta. It's uh, so a city out west in Canada. And I... Like I played in the local Little Rock program because my brother is two years older than me and I copied everything he did. So I got in there and then there was a parent, then there were a couple kids that were the same age and said, hey, let's put these kids in bond spiels. And funny enough, I was actually skipping. And I think in the two years I played on that team, we tied one game and we won one game. So like <laughs> clearly born to go to the Olympics there. Um, so around age 12, my parents were like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe we play indoor soccer for a bit and, you know, not drive around the whole city all the live long Maybe day. curling's so, not for you. Yeah, <laughs> like, I was saying my team was, like, sitting on the benches, like, trying to figure out what snacks we're going to eat after, and it, it just wasn't going great. So I took a few years where I just played recreationally, and then I got a call from Kaylin Park, um, who was my skip for four years in juniors, and we went to junior national. We lost the provincial final a couple times together, so all of a sudden you kind of get in the mix. And as you guys know with curling, at least in Canada, like we don't have a governing body that creates these teams. There's no tryouts. It's not what you know. Sometimes it's who you know. So once I kind of got mixed with her, um, you start getting to know the other players and you look for teams and you jump around a bit in juniors. At least I did. I mean, Mm -hmm. teenager. So sometimes you got to find the right personalities and and to fit in properly with everyone else and then yeah from there after having a decent junior career didn't do a ton there though like we made it to one junior national lost a bunch of provincial finals but by then i kind of had enough of a reputation in alberta that i got a couple calls in women's and kind of went from there right on had you always been focused on sweeping because in your later career i guess as as you call it you're one of the best ones out out there uh had you always been focused on that or knew that was where you focused your efforts yeah so as i mentioned not the best skip at 11 and 12 so at that (laughs) point i was like i'll even play lead on a team i just want to be on a good team and and that call that i got from kaylin put me in at lead and that was right around when like randy furby's team was really big and huff and puff were the sweepers and everyone was all like going crazy about their sweeping and how strong they were. And I was just a little curling nerd and I watched a ton and I actually followed their team very closely. I was a super fan Mm -hmm. and I was watching them and I was thinking, I can do that. So like at 15 and, you know, 90 pounds, I'm out there like pretending as if I'm on national television. Um, But that was a big deal for me because I took a lot of ownership of trying to be the best one 
out there and that's what got me noticed and it act, it's actually what got me noticed for team holman um because when they had an opening on their team they wanted to add to the sweeping side of the game and actually when i took my first slide for rachel when i joined the team i was on the team we were about to start getting ready for the year and i took my first slide for her and she went oh that's how you throw <laughs> <laughs> You're damn right. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> we played each other a few times in, in my career, but uh, glad to know you were paying attention when you gave me the time. <laughs> so we made story. some tweaks and we worked on the curling side of things and the throwing and made it look better for her. But yeah, it was what I could do sweeping that kind of got me noticed and set apart from people. So a bit of teenage delusion, um, but then also just I loved seeing that physical side and I was a, like kind of a recreational gymnast as a kid, so I had some upper body strength. Like you had to do 50 push-ups before you went home, before you got to go to Tim Hortons and get your donuts. Nice. So Ooh. there was a bit of natural ability there, and I kind of just built off that. Very nice. Well, it speaks to like Rachel's confidence. If she can bring somebody who she is like just disgusted by their delivery and release, <laughs> like. Well, I'm good enough that, you know, I'm going to make everything if I've got a good sweeper. I don't care if she makes a shot this year. Yeah, she's she's just but... a lead. It's fine. <laughs> well, and in fairness, that the athleticism that comes with sweeping is, is very hard to teach. If you could teach people how to do it, everyone would look like a Ben Hebert or a Brecca Lance. Like, it, it's a difficult thing to manage getting your body weight over your broom and, and traveling down the ice. So... The curling slide is something that we work on all the time that you kind of tweak throughout your life so it does speak to confidence and saying okay you can you can learn how to throw double the rotation on your outturn we can figure that out Fair. um but it does take longer to make that sweeping progression yeah now uh let's talk a little bit more about sweeping them so like what do you think the most uh, i don't know important or under utilized uh attribute to a good sweeper is that you like see teams not doing um or you see the good sweepers that they are actually doing it um i think with like a lot of the testing and the research over the last few years it seems to be that like where your broom is in relation to the running surface of the ice is extremely important in what we're trying to do with um direction right so mm -hmm. there's times where like if you're trying to drag it for distance, you want that broom head like parallel with the running surface and just covering as much as you can. But that directional piece now, we see teams that have turned the broom head like perpendicular to the rock and they call it knifing, I think, trying yeah. to get the rock yep. to carve. Um, so that's that's a tough skill. Like if you try that, it, it feels really awkward and it's tough to get a lot of pressure on. So um, you see a lot of people kind of banking everything in their heels trying to get this angle and i think that that's something that we're still working towards and seeing what that proper angle looks like um something that bugs me is the one sweeper sometimes like i, I get what we're trying to do with direction and that first person that's closest to the rock does about 80 percent of the work but there's sometimes you're watching and we're sweeping a draw for an extra point or for a win and there's one one person sweeping and like in my mind, as the second sweeper, I know you're trying not to burn off your energy and stuff like that, but I mean, if it's, it's a matter of inches, just like get in there. <laughs> and even as that inside sweeper, if you have someone in your periphery going with you, sometimes it's easier to get more more energy involved there. So 
that bugs me sometimes. That's a bit of a pet peeve. I, I know that not all the time it's necessary, but sometimes it's like, geez, maybe one more sweeper would have helped that get by the guard. I don't know. Right. Um, and then beyond that, I mean, we could talk forever about sweeping and, and the stuff that I kind of see, but um, I, I really like the teams that do the tag team switch at the, at the hog line. Like if they only have that one person sweeping and then as the rock really starts to slow down and that first sweeper is burnt out, there's some teams that they do it really well where that outside person kind of swings in their fresh and they can drag that rock even further. And someone that comes to mind is Caitlin Laws. Like when she played for Jennifer Jones, like she'd be the third in the house and the sweepers would sweep it the whole way and they'd yell for her and she'd like sprint out and that switch really fast would happen and then she would just like empty the tank for the last 10 seconds. So that's fun to watch for me because it's exciting, right? As a fan, you can tell there's some drama there and, and then there's that athleticism piece too. I like that. Like yeah, that. I agree with that. I think that the that's a good technique that I think is not utilized very much uh if especially if you're just doing one sweeper most of the sheet like just when you get down there just switch it switch him yeah. or her you know because that obviously you know that the the one person could keep going but you know if they have been going hard for the first 70 feet uh let let the other just have the other person take over and do it the last you know whatever 20 feet it's the same amount of time even if it's half the distance or a third of the distance but you know back in the day when i used to sweep that last part from the hog line end seemed like the longest part we've all we've all been there when you're like sweeping and your triceps are just cached and you're just like i can't go anymore <laughs> or you're like you're still moving your broom to save face but it's <laughs> yeah like, right yeah my, i feel nothing. like I feel like my strongest uh, contribution to the sweeping game is being the hype man. Being the hype man. Yeah, the hype man. Yeah. Just really pumping up the sweepers, doing all the work. That's that's where I excel. I agree. I've been working on that. <laughs> I, I, you, that's definitely your strong suit. I I feel like I'm coming into my own in that category as well. The hype man. Yes, yeah. I play uh, I play recreation like potluck dinner league with my wife and my aunt and my 11 year old, and uh, I play. I have been. Rele relegated to lead um yeah. on this team never mind the national championships the trip to the olympics etc i get, i'm playing lead. you were fifth craig at the olympics yeah. come on i was fifth at the olympics Just, but still yeah. i got to go uh but i have to play lead on friday night and my wife my my son definitely prefers the left side sweeping your son playing second Yes. He's playing. Eh, sometimes Virginia. he plays third, third. Sometimes he plays second. Okay. And, but I love when he. It's you know it's curling toward him and he's sweeping, and I'm just standing there watching him and come I'm on, I'm man. like hyping him up. Yeah. I'm like, come on, Martin, you got Let's this, go. bud. You, got you can hold this. Come on. <laughs> and he, like the first couple times, he just looked at me when I was done. He's like, "What the hell are you doing, Dad? Why don't you help me?" <laughs> <laughs> Pick up your broom, buddy. Come on. That's right. That's right. I don't have a, you know, I don't have a WCF head on my broom, so like <laughs> I did, I just sent that rock like straight into the guard if I would have helped him. But uh, nice. Anyways, love it. Love it. I, right. I like the hype. Role. Yeah, the hype. I think yeah. it's, I think it's, uh, it's an underrated position. Yeah. Uh, I think we could talk forever about uh sweeping i want to ask her another question about sweeping okay though, quick. before we go yeah. what do you think of this so as we watched the uh alberta provincials a bit um oh yeah great question and don was uh you did a little commentary with don bartlett 
And then I saw some other games with Don, and he loves using the, you know, he just loves talking. That's Don. Uh, we all love Don. <laughs> but he's like, and look at him just knife that one in. So, you know, that you had mentioned that term before. So what's your opinion on that? Uh, technique like do you think that is so I think first of all we should probably explain what the knifing yeah she I mean she kind of did you so kinda, yeah. it that would be turning the broom head so it's going the long way down the sheet and you're yeah. sweeping on the outside of the path yeah to make a curl so right? uh, how do you feel that affects the stone compared to just keeping the broom head in the same orientation and sweeping in that spot yeah, so that's something that we saw, like, re really for the first time at the Olympics. Um, and it appears to be the most effective at making the rock move. So I think what we see is when that broom head is turned so it's the skinny way in front of the rock, um, it creates a difference in the temperature of the ice. And you see that the, the rock will kind of catch the fresher stuff that's not in the warmed up spot that the skinny broom is making. Um, what it seemed to do like before I haven't played a ton this year, but what it seems to do is it makes it curl the most, but it actually also makes the rock slow down more than you would expect it to. So if a rock is traveling down the sheet mm. and you're saying, oh, okay, this looks like it's top four, you start to knife it as, as the boys we'll, say, we'll call it, um, yeah. trying to get that thing to curl and get under the guard. But because it's moving more sideways than expected more into some fresher stuff, you might see it come up short. So, as the sweeper, you need to be that much smarter. Like, yeah, this thing's got a curl, but if it's a little bit light, you're better off keeping your broom the traditional way where it's the wide way in front of the rock and trying to make it curl as the outside sweeper curl away from you and kind of show it where to go, but to continue the life of it as well. So you hear them yell yeah. sometimes. They go, curl, curl, distance, distance, because they don't want them to move the broom oh, head. Oh, gosh, they don't want to go full curl. More. They just want to go, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So you gotta you gotta be heads up as the sweeper, and that's why it does help having kind of one person sweeping, the other person hyping, or also judging. Because you know, if it's a board weight tap or a lightweight thing, and all of a sudden that that knifing takes six feet off of it, well, that's gonna maybe change the makeup of the. Is end. it that so much? Uh, it depends on kind of where you are on the sheet too, and it depends on Got the it. ice surface. Mm -hmm. If you wow. did, if you do get that rock to get out of the spot that's been really keened up it, it can make a big difference sure. like i've seen people lose games over the curl versus the straight sure. right and that's hard mm -hmm. like as the line caller because you're you call it too early you can really wreck the shot and that like that doesn't sit well i had to call line when i spared in november which i've never done like ever in my entire life and uh i missed some line calls and like man that sucks yeah it's not always the sweeper's fault <laughs> usually it is, usually it is usually. So, that's that's 100 true no all right uh we'd be remiss if we didn't talk some scotties with you since we have you on um what are our, our i mean we can get into predictions if you want but what are the storylines that you are do you have any intriguing storylines going into this i mean there are tons line. of them but do you have any that yeah. are more intriguing I mean, top of mind, obviously, is Carrie Anderson's Team Canada squad looking for four in a row. Like, that's just unbelievable. And I think I was one of the people when they first formed. I mean, there was a team of four skips, of four right. people that I hadn't done a lot of any other position in their career. So, like, outside looking in, I thought, oof, I wonder how this is going to work. And it has worked, like, just 
beautifully. So they're probably the most comfortable team there. Um, but then it's just a matter of they're going to have a target on their back the entire week and can they show up with the right stuff. Um, my previous team, like Team Ontario, Team Holman, they're going to be compelling to watch as well. Like they've got so much talent. They've had such a great year. But the the interesting part for them is they haven't played a ton. They, I think them and Anderson played the least of mm -hmm. kind of the top seeds going in. And for that team, like every single person is displaced from their previous position, right? Like Tracy's right. playing third for the first time in her life. Rachel is a sweep for the first time in her life. Emma's oh. at second, Sarah's at lead. So them not having a ton of events this year is going to be interesting to watch what happens under pressure because they haven't had a lot of repetitions when like the fire is really cooking in those sure. big, big games. Mm -hmm. So I, I predict that they'll do really well. I'm just curious to see how they manage it, you know, going into the biggest event that they've played in as a foursome. If it doesn't and go well to start. And then outside of that, I mean, there's like, huh? Like if it doesn't go well to start, how they manage that? Yeah, or even let's let's throw them in the championship round, you know, when every single win really matters. Like, right. let's, see, let's see what happens there. Like, that'll be very interesting to see how all that unfolds. Like, I, I, I don't understand how Rachel's doing it. Like, imagine being a skip your entire life and knowing like hey i've got this much time after i miss i've got you know or, mm -hmm. or whatever and now all of a sudden you finish your last shot and now you gotta go sweep for ross like <laughs> yeah right that's, that's why like... I got on the team. that was yeah. my job <laughs> i know like i almost puked when i did did did, did that it was bad like <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but it's just lead rock, so you don't have to sweep right. very hard. What about uh, right. just kidding? Yeah, right. Just kidding. <laughs> what about I've got a couple written down. What about um like Team Kelly out of New Brunswick? They have played a ton this year and had a lot of success. Like I I mean yeah. you know, the 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 uh province provinces out east traditionally don't fare all that well, but they have played a ton this year. Yeah, and they like they had an outstanding Scotties last year. Like Andrea mm -hmm. was on absolute fire, right? So the thing with the maritime teams is you see them a lot at the Scotties, and as you said, you don't often see them faring all that well. Like they they can upset for sure, but maybe you don't see them later in the week. But for Andrea and her team, they made it to the playoffs, which was yeah. huge. Like loved so much from that experience. Um, but beyond that, like it's these teams that are frequently at the Scotties they're very very good like i said always with the ability to upset it's just going to take them longer to be at a point where they're ready to compete late in the week right because every time you're in that moment of like pressure's on we're in the playoffs we're the only sheet out like you have to live through those moments and struggle through them and learn from them before you can kind of make that next leap like mccarville's another good example of that right. they're always kind of in the three four game or and then you know into the semis but maybe not in the finals but it just takes them more years to get enough of that experience under pressure to be able to thrive. So a team like Andrea Kelly, who made it that far last year, like all of a sudden now your brain isn't going to be freaking out next time you're in the playoffs. It'll be a lot, it'll be a lot easier to compete under that kind of pressure. So teams like Suzanne Burt, Andrea Kelly, Krista McCarville, Carrie Galusha too. I mean, she's been there 18 times now. Like these people aren't, that pressure won't be getting to them as much as it might have in the past because they just had so many years under their belt doing it got it that's great uh what about clancy grandy she played really well to start the year and she's going to be the hometown team like is she really going to feel the pressure or how is that gonna how do you how do you see that playing out i think that's going to be a fun team to watch i had a chat with her last week and um, she's got an interesting perspective like she hasn't done a lot of skipping but she played a ton of mixed doubles so she's not 
um, unfamiliar with the pressure of having that lost rock in her hand, but she also worked with the Netherlands in a coaching role for the last number of years. So having had that experience as coach, she said, has actually helped her with like her leadership role and coming into Skip, just looking at curling from a different perspective. So when we were chatting, like she's got a great head on her shoulders. She's got a team where everyone is like all in on curling. They've played 11 events this year. They like, they're super invested. They're almost like three out of four of them live in BC. She moved to BC for this team mm -hmm. and their fourth, uh, Lindsay Dubuque was moving to BC at the end of the season. So extremely, extremely committed. Um, and they've had a breakout year. Like they're, they're top five on the CTRS. And I think that they're going to be a good team too. And it'll just be interesting for them because they haven't had that exposure to the Scotty's environment. So sure. it can be maybe easy through the round robin. You just pretend it's a regular bond spiel, but Hey, your first time on TSN is hard. My first time on TSN, I fell yeah. in my slide into the belly flop. It was awful. I'm still trying. <laughs> <laughs> so like, Sorry, we shouldn't laugh. It probably won't be worse than that. No, <laughs> no, wait a minute. We're gonna we're gonna explore. We you gotta, you yeah. fell we down. We have to unpack that. Yeah. You you fell down. I didn't fall down. I did a belly flop. Like falling to me when I think of falling, Craig is like, oh, you tripped when you were sweeping. Like I was going, I was lining up to throw like a peel, and my feet never left the hack with me. Oh. Like it could not have been worse. Wow. And it wasn't even the end of the game. Like I still had an hour to be out there for. That's Dang. amazing. We need to look. Then, is we, there? Is, yeah. Do you think that we can still find like YouTube footage of this? I I would I would rather not know the answer. To that <laughs> <laughs> what? Can you tell us what event it was in? No. 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 <laughs> no. I'll leave that up to you on the internet. Damn it. I'm sure someone can find it, but if you have the answer yeah. to that trivia question, please email the show. Yeah, send the sh send the show. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> all right, sorry, we can go yeah. back to that. You can finish your yeah. statement. I'm sorry I had to interrupt, but it was fun to hear about oh, you well. falling down. Yeah, I mean, belly flopping. Yeah. So, um, do you have a catchphrase that you want to use on the air um, yet or no? I don't have a catchphrase, but a word you will never hear me use on air is deuce. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's good. Like, I like they're looking it. for the deuce. They really want that deuce. Like I just, I can't. It gets a skips two. It's a score of two. It's a pair. A couple of points. You won't hear me use the word deuce. I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen very yeah. intently now. See if you just get so caught up in it that you just let one slip. How about the term buttonhole? You want to get that one? Or... <laughs> I think Kevin likes that one. Uh, do you, um. I liked how she was so quick with like facts there in that. She was very. Quick. I mean, like they played eleven events this year. They yeah. had a great. You know, she just knew that. She's she definitely is, done she's her homework. Ready. You're ready. I, that's how I. That's how I battle like crippling nerves. Is I do a lot of prep. <laughs> Got it. Well, <laughs> if I, this I am show. Ready for a blank end, you guys, I'm so ready for a blank end. Like I will talk. <laughs> <laughs> you will submit for blank ends. Which, <laughs> stuff I have. Story time with Joanne. Blank ends. Story time with Joanne. This is gonna be great. Looking I'll forward tell to Russ it. And Nick to take a bathroom break. I got this, guys. Yeah, yeah no problem. I got this, Russ. Uh, See you after the break. Uh, there was a bit of a controversy in in curling Canada. Maybe you don't want to touch this, or maybe you will. Uh, we think about the pregnancy rule that they that they rolled out. It was yeah, uh, that I think was... for that for was those. Hold on. For those tuning in that, yeah. that don't know, they granted exemption to the top five teams, I think, uh, that 
they uh there's a exemption that if one of the players gets pregnant they can bring in an additional out of province player is that correct yeah so it okay. was a residency exemption in the event of pregnancy yeah. um and yeah that was a bit of an interesting and tumultuous week and i think for me like outside looking in i felt the most for the players because no one wants that in the lead up to a major event um and then particularly for the team that it involved which was team wildcard two that was caitlin laws's team mm -hmm. um what i will say is i like that we are looking at um trying to keep the sport like keep canada moving towards being the best in the world and staying competitive and if a team feels that they can't reach within their province to replace a player there were options there for team laws. Obviously the big issue was limiting it to the top five teams, which Curling Canada did retract. So that was good to see oh, they did. too. Yeah, okay. There was they a willingness that. to say, okay, let's let's look at this again. Um, instead of doubling down and saying rules are rules and we're Curling Canada and this is what we're gonna say. So I like to see that there was the opportunity for dialogue. Um, also like to see that we're still trying to stay dynamic and um, adjust things as we go to try to make sure that we stay competitive as a country. Um, it was just, it was, it was tough how that all rolled out. The timing, um, there was a lack of transparency that people complained about. Um, and I, and I hope it's a learning opportunity for everyone involved and that moving forward as these things kind of come up, um, hopefully it gets handled a little bit, uh, sorry, excuse me. Hopefully it gets handled a little, a little bit better. So it was good. They, they got rid of the top five, but I read the statement and I didn't really understand why they went with the top five. Do you like, do you know why they just limited to the top five in the first place? Uh, yeah. Yeah. There was, I think there was talk about funding and, you know, not, I, I, I don't, I'd have to look in the articles, I think, and for the quotes from Catherine Henderson, but there was stuff about like the top five are typically the funded team. So it should apply to them. Um, but I think the argument there, and what's so great about our Scotties is the amount of competitive teams in the whole country. And there was not a lot of difference between number five and number seven this year. Like number six is only six points back from number five in Canada. Mm -hmm. So yeah. the other, and the other side of the coin there too is like our Scotties, yeah, we've got almost everyone in the top 10 is there competing because of these wildcard teams. But as we mentioned, these maritime teams, these, these frequent flyers at the Scotties from smaller or from regions provincials that produce often the same team that maybe doesn't play as much like team McCarville, I think was ranked 61st going into the Scotties and they were the runners up last year. Right. And, and they're not a team you can just expect to win out of by any means. Like right. they would be strong playoff contenders. Right. And they're like 15th seed of the Scotties, which yeah. isn't mm -hmm. true when you're actually looking at the talent on that. Team. Yeah. They just always don't, I mean, they just don't play a lot. I think they practice a lot, obviously. And then they just come in and win games and it's, unbelievable yeah so does the is the scotties ranked are the pools ranked based on ctrs points or i believe that's how the seating works yeah okay so a team like mccarville kind of messes with that every year because they're always they're always in the top half of the field if not yeah. you know the top third or quarter of the field uh but they're always going to be ranked in the bottom third or quarter points wise because they don't travel as much yeah and you'll see that with the other teams too that maybe don't play in the grand slam events or or like you said don't travel but 
at the end of the day at your national championship you're gonna have to expect to be able to beat everyone so a pool certainly with a 15th seat of mccarville is going to be a tough pool <laughs> sure yeah huh do you have any dark horses anybody gonna <laughs> surprise you know, I would love to see from Quebec, I'd love to see Laurie Saint-Georges go on a run. Um, mm -hmm. Mostly it's selfish because I think she's like insanely entertaining. And I love seeing her out there and just competing. We played her in the bubble mm -hmm. um, back in Calgary. And that was the first time I'd ever played against her. And we were on, t were we on TV? I don't know, but we were like, they were highlighting the bejesus out of our game because right. it was such a tight game. And she was playing lights out, she's making everything. But what I couldn't believe with her was she just was like unapologetically herself out there, just like up and down and with all her shots and just wildly entertaining. She loves the game so much and like it's infectious. And people like her are great for our sport because you tune in and, and you want to cheer for her and you want to see her do well. So it'd be neat to see them kind of go on a run. But they're a young team and they're definitely in deep against this field. Like it. Do you have any early, early predictions now that the Briarfield's set on uh, any oh. of that nonsense? Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to choose like a Gushu, right? Because their their team is pretty well intact. They have the one new player, but they're um, they're pretty consistent when it comes to the Briars lately. And I uh, haven't seen them quite as much in the finals, though, as you would have expected. So stay tuned there. Um they would probably be kind of at the top of mind going into it. But then, like, the men's field is so strong. Like, you've got your Dunstones, your, bo your Botchers, your Cooies. There's any of those teams that kind of show up for the marathon. It'll be interesting to watch for sure. Did you have a chance to watch much the last couple weeks of all the all the coverage around the country, both men's and women's? Or have you kind of been, I don't know, just doing your research offline and not not watching it live oh it's been good i've been able to tune in quite a bit like all those streams have been so much fun to have to be able to keep track of everyone and you know even to get to know these teams a bit better like kayla skrillex team out of alberta they had just an outstanding final did you guys see that shot she made to win yes yes like that was that is historic dynamite whoa i did not historic see that. Whoa, 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 that was that thin double that they took on and then there, then the controversial broom toss. Ah, oh, right. throw those damn brooms! Throw them. Celebrate! Let it go. I disagree wholeheartedly that that's even controversial. Like <laughs> one player. I, like, I, I, the old people yeah, don't like it. I don't care. What's the greatest broom toss of all time, in your opinion? That? No. You think that one? Wrong. Yeah. Pat Simmons. I think uh, Pat no, Simmons. Actually, Oh, yeah, Pats was awesome. But there's also, like, when Team Kui won the 2018 trials, like, we were there because we'd also won. <laughs> <laughs> well played. We were there. I hadn't had any any beers or anything after we won. Uh, but we were, we were ringside waiting to go out there with them for the photo op and everything. And they finished sweeping it, like, end to end. This is the sweeper's dream, right? Because you pillar to post that thing. Like, you made that shot. Yeah. And Ben, like, tomahawked his broom. Like, it went from the f away end all the way to the home end and just, like, slid quietly into the boards. So, like, Heather, I don't know. Did it miss Kui by much? I'm not sure. I don't know. That yeah, was Benny, Benny's was pretty good. I like. Yeah. I still like Ben Simmons because it's like, cover cover Pat, the lid. Pat, Pat Simmons. Or yeah. Pat, yeah, Pat Simmons, yeah. sorry. Ben, ben Simmons is a terrible basketball player for the Nets. 
Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, there's some there's some iconic ones. That's yeah. a good one. All right. I think but as yeah, long as long as you don't hurt good. hurt anybody. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. As long as you don't hurt anybody. Well, he's not javeling it towards somebody or throwing it into the crowd. Whatever, or... man. Chuck it right in the crowd. <laughs> I saw Craig throw a broom at Jason Smith one time at a charity <laughs> spiel. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to do that. Well, yeah, it was a charity spiel. It's fine. It's um, did you watch any of the U.S. Nationals? I didn't get a chance to watch them. I was in my last week of work, and then with a little bit of commentary at the men's provincials, I didn't get a chance. Don Bartlett was, like, knee-deep in it. He was giving me all the updates. Oh, man. Sounded like it was a good event, guys, hey? I think so. Uh, I was there pushing buttons, working ca ca cameras. So uh, I watched... I tracked around 2,700 rocks that week. Whoa. Look at you. Yeah. That's a lot. That was a lot. I can't count that high. Um, but yeah, I think this, for the most part, the stream went pretty well. Uh, one hiccup the first day, but we got that fixed. There was a hard, hard, hardware problem, but, uh, we got that fixed and it went well, I think. Awesome. The curling was good too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, no surprise with your winners, but, uh, it wasn't, that was certainly not guaranteed halfway through. Like, um, yeah. Schuster got help to get into the one, one, two game. Yeah. True. It would have so. been interesting if both Schuster and Dropkin would have missed the one-two game. Yes. The just the little bit of a change that very well in could have happened. change in dynamic and pressure because John's so used to being in the in the one-two game and you know he thrives once he's in the playoffs but he's also always had he's always had the one-two advantage I guess and mm -hmm. it, you know just. If things weren't going, you know, they, they weren't going as smoothly as he would have liked at points during the week. And, you know, maybe that would have changed something. But then again, maybe not. Because at the end of the week, they were pretty much perfect. So Agreed. Agreed. That's so interesting with that format, right? Because that one, two, like that little safety net. It, I've, someone was telling me about the Scotties. I think the amount of teams that have won from that 3-4 game, like hardly anyone has won. You play a sudden death three four, a sudden death semi, and then the final. I don't know, you're out of gas or something. But that yeah. one two game mm -hmm. is huge, as you say. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, and you gotta yeah, it's three can't lose games. It's one extra game to get all the way there. It's just plus for that team in that kind of event, they expect to be in the one two, and if they're not in the one two, then that means something isn't clicking quite right. Where, you know, if you take a field like the Scotties or the Briar, you can have the best team on paper going in and not make the one two and it's not like this big shocker um yeah. because there's enough other good teams agreed um so you could still have a good week and be in the three four and you don't have maybe a negative mindset going in as opposed to john who 100 percent expected to be in the one two but i don't know anyways all right <laughs> Well, we know you've got a bag to pack, but we've got some questions, so we ask all our guests before we kick them off the show. Uh, so we'll get into those. I think you touched on this a little bit, but if you want to add any additional, um, you go ahead. How did you How did you start curling? It's not like junior program, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I'm one of four kids, so mom and dad were looking for an activity that was once a week, preferably one that we could put a couple kids in. And so they put <laughs> my brother in first. And then I was only two years younger, so I got in a few years after him, and it was great. Got sour cream onion chips after every Little Rock outing, and Boom. 
yeah, I had some fun and I thought front end was really boring at the time. I remember singing songs on the ice to myself <laughs> while I waited for my next rocks. But uh, yeah, lots of lots of fun memories in the curling club. And nice. it's like the kids on my hockey team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh i'm not even sure what you'd consider your home club anymore if you have a home club uh great but what what would be your favorite place to play other than your home club and what is your home club? yeah i guess what would you consider your home club yeah my home club probably from about 15 or 16 was the savile community sports center it's the national train one of the national training centers in canada okay so big 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 facility 10 sheets great ice makers you know they'll run the rocks for you and everything and so really nice spot to practice um, but outside of that, I did love going to the club I learned how to curl in, which was the Crestwood Curling Club. I actually lived across the street from there for a number of years. And even just, you, like, you walk in there and it's like, oh, what oh, was so good about curling when I was little. So Nice. And, of course, the sour cream and chips. So yeah. Right there. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite spiel? Uh, favorite wait a minute. Wait a minute. She didn't answer the last question. What's the favorite club besides any that used to no. be your home club? So would you consider oh, Savile? Would you consider yeah. yeah? Would you consider Savile and Crestwood home clubs? Yes. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. So do you have a favorite club outside of there? Yeah, I like the Ottawa Curling Club, but that was also kind of a home club for Team Holman, right? Oh. Ottawa Curling Club is. You are making these questions building. way more difficult than they need to be, Joanne. <laughs> Just say <laughs> Portage La Prairie or yeah. <laughs> Burn. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next question. Right, Sorry. Uh, fav favorite spiel. Favorite spiel would be there was a TSN skins game they used to run in Banff. We only went a few times because it conflicted with our provincials after that. But you showed up. You played maximum two games. You're in the mountains. It's wonderful. Plus, they didn't they give you kind of a sweet little gift bag, swag box, whatever. Yeah, you got swag you got if you happen to win your semi-final you're playing for a bunch of money it was it was wonderful and the crowd was like on the ice with you it was a four-sheet curling club they turned it into a one-sheeter and like the stands oh were my. right there it was so much fun that's awesome all right uh setting money and championships aside what is the best or weirdest thing that you have ever won so turning the clock back to my one and only charity bond spiel appearance it was there's a sudbury I think it was called Heart to Heart or House of Hearts. I was 18, so it was a very long time ago. I think it was Heart to Heart. That would be a Heart to Heart. Heart yeah. to Heart. Yeah, so it was in Sudbury about 15 years ago, and I won the Miss Congeniality Award. <laughs> <laughs> I, believe, nice. I believe I stayed up all night on the first night. Um, and yeah, I don't think I left the dance floor very often. I might have had to play a curling game or two, but I was quite proud. <laughs> That's great. That, that is a pretty sweet award. Um, do you have a skill or talent outside of curling that we should know about? That's hard. I'm not very talented. Um, but I will say like, I'm a very fast walker. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. Try to keep up. Wow. Huh? Yeah. Did that pay off like in your whole triathlon career? Like just the ability no. to walk very fast in case you got tired in the run, you could. No, she, she doesn't mess around when it comes to triathlon. Like I can't even guys, touch her guys. half iron time. Rule number one of triathlon: when you're running, you do not walk because the second you walk, you're dead. That's what I'm told. I don't Fact. know. I've run two races. I did two races in my life, but when I was doing the half iron run, it's a half marathon to end your day, and it was like 
over 30 degrees, humidity, Montreal was awful. And it was the most boring course. We we're just running around this reservoir four times. And all I could remember was, okay, if I start drinking Coke, I can't stop drinking Coke because apparently it's the caffeine and the sugar and you'll die if you stop drinking it. But also if I start walking, I'm done. So then like you just slow down to the, the grossest shuffle. and it's, I, I've done a number of triathlons. Yeah, I've done a number of triathlons. And when you start walking, it, you just like you can start running again but it's just every time you walk it's just longer and longer and longer before you start running again so it's the worst just yeah, yeah. never start walking if you can avoid it all right i learned something new boom i did see the footage of her finishing it must have been i don't know if this was the half though where you just yeah. all out like, like tried to track that. It it was like end. a guy in front of you tried to track him down or the two of you were like probably ran probably three quarters of the half marathon together just yeah, like, no, that was a sprint triathlon. Um, oh, that was the, the sprint. Ironman was was a gross finish. Um, but the sprint, yeah, I don't know what happened to me. I was like chasing these guys down for about a kilometer, and I didn't think they knew I was there. <laughs> and then, and then we were turning the corner, and then they started sprinting. I was like, well, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, you got to always save it for the end. You always got to look yeah. good going into the finish line. That's what yeah. I always did. I was actually I was wearing a Garmin and it called my emergency contact because of my heart rate. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's fantastic! Wild. All right, uh, it's been so a what... cardiac event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what helped helped you along the way to become a better curler? Um, I think the big difference for me was we had a coach on a junior curling team, oh, I don't know, 16 or 17 years old. And we kind of parted ways with the coach, but the coach had worked with Marcel Rock in his day and actually played with him. And he was a guy that he reached out afterwards and said, look, there's something there, there's something special. And he was willing to work with me. So things changed for me when I started throwing rocks outside of my team practice and getting those repetitions in with him. He'd come out and hold the broom for me for an hour, a couple times a week. Um, and that was huge in just developing the basic skills of sliding straight and releasing the rock properly. Not the way Rachel wanted me to, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. oh. what does she know? Not, not the Ontario way, yeah. but yeah. Um, so what, what advice would you give to curlers looking to improve? We have it as improve their game, but maybe because they're such an accomplished leaper, what, how, what what advice would you give to, to club players looking to improve their sweeping? Um, for sweeping, like number one is your broom needs to be in front of the rock. That's for, like on a club basis, that's sometimes what looks like the hardest thing is keeping up with the rock, making sure that your broom is actually where you want that rock to go, especially if you're using a non-WCF approved broom because you can do the wrong thing if you're sweeping in the wrong spot. Um, beyond that, it's it's really about um, trying to get your upper body over top of your broom head. So thinking a bit less about where your feet are and trying to just feel yourself supporting yourself on your broom. And if you can do that and really start focusing on pushing down as hard as you can, you'll notice that you'll have more of an effect on the rock moving it down the sheet. So whenever I work with curlers like juniors or whoever, um, the first step in getting good at getting more pressure on your broom is actually feeling your chest go over the center of gravity, over that top of that broom head. Because people often think, well, I need to get my feet farther away and that way I'll get more pressure on my broom. But actually you need your upper body to be in the right spot before you can even think about your feet. Great answer. And actually on that note, sorry, 
there's a lot of curlers that are great sweepers whose feet aren't actually that far away from the rock. Like the tall, like it seems like tall sweepers are mm -hmm. extremely effective just based on body composition. Like I've played against, you know, sweepers that their feet may not be perfect. They may not be on their toes, but they're extremely effective because they have the right body positioning. Got it. That's why you're, that's why you're not a very good sweeper, Craig. I am an amazing sweeper for my size and body composition. The fact that I was limited in both of those aspects by my parents is not my own fault. My technique is flawless for a little guy. All right. Uh, who, all right, I'm going to stop for just a second on that topic. Who's the best sweeper out there, men's and women's, right now? Um, hard not to choose like the Hammy Lammy combination for Team Scotland. Oh, yeah, they're pretty they seem good. Be very effective and very intense out there. And then on the women's side, I mean, like I'm gonna sound really biased, but whatever. It's just a podcast, right? Yep. Sure, nobody's <laughs> gonna listen. Um, I, I I love Emma and Sarah on Team Holman. Like they're both very tall. Um, they both put a lot of work in. They've got really steep broom angles, which is key when you're trying to put that downward pressure on the broom um, but somebody else in my Scotty's prep and you know I've been watching some old game tape and trying to get a good feel for all the teams out there is Emily Zacharias there's a picture of her online in her like I've, sweeping form I've seen this picture it's with bananas yeah like it that as a sweeper that's the dream like your dream is that a photographer gets one of those because often they get like the like oh you just started sweeping at the close hog line or the, the rock has come to rest and your feet are flat but like she got you work your whole career for a picture like that. Yeah, just like on her yeah, tippy toes and is like basically oh, horizontal to the ice. It's it's unreal. Yeah. What about the yeah. ladies from Sweden? They're pretty good. Oh yeah, I yeah. mean, like, and you could name honestly, like I named a, a couple of times. Okay, I digress. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. All right. Two fun questions, and then we'll let you go because we know you got to pack. Uh, you're going to a bond spiel. Yeah. You can go to any bond spiel, and you can take whoever you want to take with you. Curlers, yep. non-curlers, alive, dead. I mean, dead, doesn't matter. You can take up to four additional people so that you have someone if, you know, someone gets over-served. You know, yeah. You, who, who do you want to take to a bond spiel? <laughs> and sub-question, where are you going? Oh, we're also going somewhere. You, yeah, yeah, you gotta go, well, you you gotta go, go somewhere. Like, spiel. you gotta go to a fun spiel or, you know. Yeah, I or it can be a competitive spiel. Okay, I want to play in Perth, in Scotland. They have a spiel, and that was always on my list. Okay, um, I like it. Never got to go, which is too bad. Um, at Skip, I would like to have Mike Harris, because then when he misses, I could tell him it was an easy shot, and I can't believe he missed. And just be so, so blunt with him. It would be so much fun. I played in the charity and spiel last summer with Mike Harris, and it was great. Well, that's perfect. So, so we have yeah. fun. He's actually, all jokes aside, he's a he was a fantastic teammate to me when I was in the booth of CBC and sweating my hands with my sweat towel and everything. Got it. So Perfect. Love Mike. All right. Great. So Mike Harris. Um, okay. Mike's in there. At third, who are we putting in there? I would like to put... Sorry, you guys even sent me these questions in advance. It's okay. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. A lot of people yeah. struggle with this one. It is a tough one. Um, who do we want in at third? I'd want to put Amy Nixon at third. Oh. I think that she would be a good a good mix for Mike in the house. I think that would be a very dynamic duo to watch. And I always played like she was, you know, 
obviously in women's when I was in juniors in Alberta, but she was like played with Shannon Clybrank. Like she was, she was right up there when I yep. was, when I was back in the day. Um, and then we got to move into the front end. Do you guys want current players or past players? Doesn't Whatever matter. you want. You could take, this is like your dream team. You yeah. could you take can... whoever you want. I mean, after you playing, after being in the famous booth, people, with... like you could take the rock if you really want mm -hmm. to. Yeah. Well, okay, then we will take the rock. Great. <laughs> yeah. Break a broom. Like, there's some of these football players that are taking up curling in the states right now, and I'm yeah. a bit concerned. Yeah. Like, like, are our brooms sound enough for this? Is yeah. our sport ready for this? Because I'm not sure. The sustainability of carbon fiber and six whatever Jared Allen is, and yeah, yeah. it's a big. Yeah, dude. I would like. Yeah. I would like to do some safety testing before, <laughs> before we really get these guys in into our game. They're more than welcome, but All right. uh, that's a little. Okay. okay so the rock is going to play second and then i'd probably put donnie b at lead because don like after sitting in the booth with him for a couple nice. games like his eyes are outstanding That's... he can tell like when you're when he's playing he knows exactly where that rock is going on the sheet but when he's watching on tv once he sees it cross on the screen when he sees it cross that far hog line he yep. knows exactly where it's going on tv That's unreal mm. unreal Crazy. so you're just you're just going along to be a fifth on this yeah. team nice love it yeah love he it might... you just you're you might have to fill in ass. for the rock. I don't know yeah. that the rock is going to be able to yeah. handle a whole weekend of curling. I like it. I like <laughs> it. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Last one. Um, if curling had walk-up songs, you're familiar with, I'm assuming, the, the baseball parlance of a walk-up song. What, what would your walk-up song be? Um, I would probably go with, what am I listening to right now? Sorry. That's Okay. Just this is detailed. I love a good no. walk-up song answer. I love a good no, a can I... Canadian apology for no real reason. <laughs> yeah. I'm always, I'm always so sorry, guys. Um, I actually, Dance Monkey would probably be my song by the Tones and I. Right. It always got me fun of my trainer in like my curling days because like you go and you lift pretty heavy at the gym and he'd ask me for requests and I'd choose like happy or... <laughs> you know can't stop the feeling like because he just thought my hey. my, my pop-up songs were a little too they weren't angry enough for him but <laughs> yeah. nice Go get a PR. <laughs> i love it i love it all right yeah. well joanne thank you so much for coming on uh it has been a blast we would love to have you again sometime if we can uh best of luck at the scotties you're gonna be great yeah we know you're gonna mm -hmm. be great uh if you want to i don't know we'll Maybe after the show, we can find some code where you can shout us out on the broadcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just a little, just a little subtle, yeah. you know, something. I'm sure I wouldn't get in any trouble for that. But. We'll no, do no, it in the morning. You don't have to Curling Nation No, we'll do it in the morning. Like, the, the morning just... draw, like, you just got to say, like, fluffer nuts or something. Just some weird thing, and the then one, we'll, we'll the, know you were talking yeah, to the us. The one time you say deuce in the week that you're on the show, we know that's just an homage to us or something. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks. All right. Very good. Thanks, Cork. All right, that's it, everybody. Season three, episode seven. Big thanks to Joanne for coming on. Great interview. I had a lot of fun with that. I think we all did. Um, thanks to Modus Financial for being our sponsor. If you want to get in touch with the show, do that. CurlingNation at curlingnetwork.com. Check us out. Face tubes on the Twitters. We're all out there. Otherwise, uh, if you want some ends cards, get them. They're pretty dope. I think that's it, right? I don't know. Short, sweet, boom. I like it. All right. Myself, Mike McDermott, Joel Dietz, Craig Brown. Craig. Joel. Out.